Greetings, my excellent friend. Bill, what? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. into Wild Stallions and that music right there. Somber mood around these parts. I'm Jay Catch. He is Sean Walker. And Sean, are we done? Jake, I gotta say, it's really nice of you to uh, wear black for today, going to a funeral. I didn't um, mean to. I apparently did not get the memo. I'm not wearing black. Yeah, but he's, wearing, he's wearing bright yellow, very sunshine color. But I feel I feel a little bit, well, I'm trying to counteract the rain that's coming through Salt oh, okay. City. Okay. But I feel for those who haven't heard um, that maybe we are going to a funeral because it appears, for all intents and purposes, that the Alliance of American Football folks isn't dead, but to quote the great Miracle Max, it's mostly dead. It's dead. It can't talk. Look who knows so much, huh? Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Please open his mouth. Now, mostly dead is slightly alive. Now, all dead, well, with all dead, there's usually only one thing that you can do. What's that? Go through his clothes and look for loose change. Thanks, Max. There you go. Yeah, um, so yeah, those of you who may not have heard by now, the Alliance of American Football is suspending operations immediately. That does not mean the league is dead, as Miracle Max just said, only mostly dead. You'll hear from Trevor Riley here in a minute. He's Salt Lake Stallions linebacker. He was on the Zone Sports Network earlier today. And I have to say, Sean... This whole saga, you made a joke last week that has become more true than ever with today's news, but it was you were absolutely dead on with it. The best weekly tradition that the Alliance of American Football had were the weekly rumors of its impending demise. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because I really thought, Jake, and we've, we've spoken highly, obviously, on this podcast as we try to make it happen, but I, I really thought that the Alliance of American Football it had the business model um, in terms of being um, co-owned jointly by the league, being mm-hmm. a single entity, much like Major League Soccer. It had the markets, um, namely underserved football markets with strong, passionate college fan yeah. bases. It had the talent in terms of guys who were just outside of the NFL, but kind of fringe NFL-type players. Um, it had the name brand recognition in terms of the coaches, guys like Steve Spurrier, Dennis Erickson, Rick Neuheisel. Um I could go on and on and literally name everyone in the league, but it had so much going for it that I felt like this was like like this league really could be different than the other startup football leagues, yeah, um, that have come and gone before it. But at the end of the day, maybe or maybe not, thanks to one Tom Dundon, chairman of the league, um, it appears that the Alliance of American Football will now join the annals of the USFL in falling after just one sole lone solitary season boo tom dundon boo i hope you hear this tom dundon because i'm i'm upset about this and for more reasons than just i wanted to see this league succeed i'm upset because you're getting emotional hold on i'm gonna sit back and eat some popcorn (laughs) you're throwing people out on the street (laughs) 
he's, Sean is making the motion as if he's eating popcorn. He legitimately leaned back. I'll give him that. I'm upset that you are nixing this league that is less than four weeks from finishing its first season, all because it sounds like you have sunk $70 million into this. There are rumors that you bought into this league simply to get your hands on the technology they had developed, particularly a mobile gaming app insert gambling app here that you feel like you can take advantage and control if that's the case as ben kercheval who we've had on this podcast said there, the pod. there will be there will be lawsuits over that because that's some proprietary information there's there's all kinds of legal implications with that people that develop this app etc can sue over control of it but i do not like what this guy is doing it sounds like he is working against everybody else in this league that wants to see it succeed, that wants to continue on, that wants to forge ahead, that wants to make this league work, but he's just pulling the plug on it because guess what? He can. If he joined this league under false pretenses, that's it's a joke, plain and, and simple. And, and granted, I mean, we should give Dundon a little bit of credit because he did come in and he did bring $250 million of cash into the Alliance of American Football, and it seemed like it was... Like, like it was necessary at the time, like it was kind of that initial capital to really put the league over the top, mm-hmm. give it its shelf life of a three-year contract with CBS Sports Network, the NFL Network, Turner Sports now, um, that's been getting more on more. By the way, this weekend, they were supposed to be the lead-in to the Final Four on CBS. Yep. Um, that's not going to happen anymore. So we should give Do- Tom Dundon a little bit of credit for wanting to buy in there. But if there is that false pretense, yeah, I mean, you you got to worry a little bit. I mean, shout out to 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 um, to uh, to our good friend, not really our good friend, but we'll pretend like he's our good friend from Twitter, Darren Ravel, now of the Action Network. Many of you mm-hmm. know him from ESPN. Yeah. Um, getting this little juicy nugget. Go to the go to ActionNetwork.com. You can read the full story there, saying that uh, Charlie Eversall, Bill Polian, co-founders of the Alliance of American Football, longtime NFL executives, television mm-hmm. executives, yeah, um, etc. Their plan was to develop the league for quote three years on its own before becoming a feeder system to the NFL. Dundon, however, wanted to create that minor league immediately and sought to. Use Use the leverage of folding the AAF to get a deal with the NFL Players Association to better ensure a flow between leagues. And Damari Smith, who is the NFLPA executive director, probably heard those ultimatums that were being made via the media and probably via channels to him. And laughed. Laughed. Just laughed. Who the hell is this clown thinks he's going to come in and force our hand? The NFLPA was under no pretenses that they needed to do anything at this point. Ebersol and Polian had the right plan. Dundon has screwed it all up. And that pisses me off. Because you're messing Jake with Jake is hot. You're messing with people's lives here, Sean. You and I both know people mm-hmm. that that came to Salt Lake, moved from out of market yep. to this team, and this happened in eight other seven other cities to play football, moved their entire families, yep. bought into this league, believed it was something that could happen. They were sold something, sold a vision of something that they could get in on the ground floor with, and now it's essentially being torn from them. Like we said, not all the way dead yet, but on its way there. Certainly mostly dead. And yeah, I mean, let's just start right at the top of the Stallions. You've got head coach Dennis Erickson, who came out of retirement, had a nice life collecting his AARP pension, college football Hall of Fame coach, you know, won a, won a national title at the University of Miami, et cetera, came out of retirement from his cabin up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and said, you know what? I think this league has something going. I want to be a part of it. I will take a pay cut to be a part of it. Yeah. I want it to be there. 
I he said multiple times, I think this league has something good going for it. His livelihood's gone. Um, let's let's talk about. We can talk about a whole bunch of this. Uh, uh, a whole bunch of players on the Stallions' active roster. We'll get to Trevor Riley here in a minute. Yeah. Who he's not hot like you are, Jake, but he sounds almost depressed, borderline just sad, upset. Um, that they're taking away this job opportunity for him. And, I mean, Trevor's 32 years old. He knows he's probably not going to get another chance at the NFL, but this was a great opportunity to play um, in a community that's become his hometown. He was a graduate yes. assistant at the University of Utah, uh, et cetera. S- student assistant, not graduate student assistant. assistant. Student sorry. assistant, sorry. Student assistant. Um, Might be a graduate assistant. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he's grandfather assistant, we could call him at yeah. this point. Shout out to Trevor. He's the best. Um, but uh, but he, he sounded very upset very very just sad that this league was was going but let's also talk even about players on the inactive roster i mean we've seen injury reports week after week after week starting from literally the first week of the preseason mm-hmm. when uh friend of the podcast former usf quarterback bj daniels yep. previously of the seattle seahawks was you know he hurt his shoulder in the uh the first preseason game for the stallions out for the season still stuck around on the roster wanted to be around these guys wanted to be around the team he's lived in salt lake city even though he grew up in in florida and spent most of his time in the south still hung out around here really embraced the community made every community appearance and then some that he was required to yeah absolutely Um, he's gone he's cut loose let's talk about gianni paul the former utah linebacker who just last week was pronounced out for the season because on his only tackle when he probably shouldn't have returned made a return against the San Diego fleet on his only tackle he breaks his arm yeah out for the for the rest of the season you know literally sacrificed his body and now he's just done yeah cut gone I mean there are so many stories like this and there are going to be success stories from the Alliance of American Football you know we've talked on the podcast before Orlando quarterback Garrett Gilbert he's going to be fine he's going to get another shot in the NFL Carter Schultz going to get a shot Carter Schultz will get a shot in the NFL you know I mean I think if Trevor wanted to he could get a shot at least as an NFL practice squad Practice you'll, squad. You'll hear him I, talk about. This I don't know. Up. Yeah, I don't know if he necessarily wants to do that. You know, he he hasn't outright said he doesn't want to, but he's pretty strongly hinted. Yeah, that that's probably not going to be the life for him. Um, but, but I mean, there are so many guys who, in at the end of the day, they're going to be fine. And yet, there are so many guys on each fifty-two man roster in the AAF that this this was pretty much it. This was their last chance, and to have the rug ripped out from under them with two weeks left in their inaugural season. That's what really sucks, Jake. That sucks for them. It sucks for the players, for the coach, mm-hmm. for the staff members, um, our friends on the media relations team at the Stallions who uprooted themselves from as far away as like Los Angeles yeah. to come here on a whim. I mean, what do these guys do now? You have literally hundreds of people now looking for their next move. It's unfortunate. I... I'm not going to belabor the fact that Tom Dundon controls the money and he has his opportunity and it's his money. He can do what he wants with it. That's absolutely, that's, that's, it's what he can do. But essentially he came in, took control of this league and has now decided I'm going to throw it into the dumpster because I don't feel like the NFLPA is willing to move, to move forward on a minor league deal. But reports came out, Ben Kirchival, going back to him, said that yesterday phone calls between the NFLPA and the Alliance had gone positive and that they were had actually gotten some, com- gotten some movement in terms of a potential agreement. I'm not saying that an agreement was impending or anything like that, but when you have positive 
positive conversations on a Monday, and then Tuesday you announce, hey, we're going to suspend operations of this league. Your actions versus your words don't don't match up. And I don't know what Tom Dundon's ultimate play is here. If he came in to strip this league apart, take the assets he wants, speaking of the gaming app, etc., and thinks, well, I'm going to toss the rest of this to the side because I got what I came for. That's that, that's just wrong. It, it, it's, it's wrong, and it's unfortunate because you have a lot of people who are now affected by one guy's selfish decision, at least what how it appears as a recording of this podcast. It's still a developing situation. We'll be sure to update you. Follow us at wild underscore stallions on Twitter. We'll be sure to pass along anything we have. Sean's got a good write-up on KSL.com right now. You're going to hear from, Den, from not from Dennis, Lynn, Dennis Erickson. You're going to hear from Trevor Riley here in a moment, but... This is unfortunate for all parties involved. Yeah, and th- and this coming from a group that there was a lot of optimism around the league when Dundon bought into the league. Yeah, um, I re- I remember the story. We we asked Dennis Erickson about this on a conference call literally the day that Dundon bought into the league. He said it's a great plus for our league. There are no financial problems. Everything is going fine. This is just a great donation, and he's going to be a big part of our league moving forward. Yeah. Well, the last part of that sentence came true. Tom Dundon was a big part of the Alliance of American Football moving forward. Yeah, he also moved it into the ground, it appears. Mostly dead. Not all all the way dead. Not all the way, but mostly dead. There's supposed to be meetings and phone calls taking place today slash this evening with players, coaches, GMs to kind of update them on that. We'll be sure to report any news that comes out about it, but I just... This bugs me, Sean, because I really felt like this league had a good shot to survive. You're shutting it down at a really weird time because the TV numbers have been pretty strong, all things considered. Whatever the case is, I'm sad to see this league go if it is ultimately going that direction like it appears it is doing so. Because I enjoyed it. I bought in from day one on the Alliance, and I'm sorry to see it go the way of the earth. Yeah, you and me both. On the bright side, we said from the beginning, um, this podcast probably won't go away now. We do have an alternative plan. So fans of the cult classic Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and the forthcoming classic Bill and Ted Face the Music will still be around. Um, But we're not going to solely this podcast too much with that because Jake's hot. I'm hot. We're going to take a break real quick. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we come back... We'll listen to uh, Stallions linebacker Trevor Riley, who uh, was actually on with Jake's day job yep. at uh, 1280 The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City. We'll hear from him, get his thoughts on the mostly dead nature of the Alliance of American Football. All right, more in a moment. This is Wild Stallions. This is Wild Stallions, and strange things are always afoot in the Alliance, as we like to say on this podcast, covering the Alliance of American Football as well as Bill and Ted. Sean, uh, Trevor Riley, he's an outspoken individual. He's been great here on local radio here in Utah. He's a linebacker on the Salt Lake Stallions. He's become a relatively good friend of mine. I've gotten to know him fairly well over the years, and he doesn't mince words when he talks about things. He has very strong takes. He's very straightforward about things. And he joined Hans Olsen and Scott Gerard on their midday show here on the Zone Sports Network here locally in Utah to talk about the news 
revolving around the Alliance of American Football, uh, the suspension of operations, all that. Well, I wanted to let you guys hear from him. He lays it out very clearly what he thought of the league, what he thinks the league could have been, should be, could be, all the different things. He also talks just about his feeling on the league essentially folding. Not dead completely, but mostly dead. Here he is, Trevor Riley on the Zone Sports Network. Trevor, um, when did you start hearing things that uh, this thing may be coming to an end? Well, the the owner guy, Dundon, he came out with an art through the USA Today a couple of days ago that he was going to reassess in 48 hours. And told my wife last night, this could be my last day. I even wore my Antigua hat to work, you know, one, two, three Cancun just in case. And sure enough, we were in meetings and, you know, the report came out. They're going to suspend the league. So, yeah, I, th- I think they're going to try. And there's talk of them trying to cut some costs. You know, they have some inflated costs here. They don't need to have, and I think if they cut back on those costs, they may try to finish up the season. But we'll know more by tonight at six. But as of now, we had a team meeting. Uh, as of right now, it's suspended. So they've already. Have, have you already had that meeting then with the team, or yes. is okay? But we're having another one tonight, just to confirm or to you know put everything in order of what exactly is going to happen. But we had a meeting, and they said go home. Or we're not going to do practice today. We'll let you know tonight. So, Trevor, in terms of everybody who's associated with the AAF, presidents, ticketing offices, all personnel, it's it's ceased. It's it's done until further notice. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get. We get our paychecks tomorrow for last week. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, like I said, here's the issue, man. If you want to get down to it. The way that they ran this thing was first class, and to a point, that's almost a fault because we didn't have the funds to be a first-class organization yet. They're staying at a nice hotel. They're feeding us two or three times a day. They're paying for guys' housing. So a lot of those costs, I think, that can be – they want to keep this thing going. They're going to have to cut back on that kind of stuff. And if they can figure out a way to do that and make the big money guy happy, I think we may see the league continue, but we'll know more by tonight. Trevor, at one point – Ebersol and Pullian were kind of the visionaries and the leaders of this new league. Dundon comes in with the money and grabs it, and he has a more immediate vision of needing some of the practice squad players from the NFL to, you know, to find this thing viable. And because of his immediate vision of needing those players, it feels like he's making the decision to fold this, and it's not really Ebersol or Polian's vision in what they originally had when they opened up this league. Well, I think what happened was is that they gave up controlling interest, at least from a CEO point of view, when he came in with the money, the $250 million pledged. But he wrote himself a back door. If he didn't like what he saw, he could always back out, and the $250 million was not concrete. I think that the goal of the league was eventually, you know, in the back of Eversol and Pulling's mind, was just to be the minor league system, the NBA D League, Triple A baseball. That's what this was supposed to be. So I think they wanted it to be like NFL Europe. And hands, you were in the NFL when they still had NFL Europe. Yeah, they would send practice squad guys over there, and they would send futures contract guys over there. But then the PA gets involved, and the PA says, "Well, what are you going to do if those guys get hurt? Are you going to pay out their NFL contract?" Are you going to give them insurance? Are you going to take care of them if they get hurt? So there's a lot of issues. That it takes longer than two weeks to, to come up, especially when you're dealing with a union. It takes longer than two weeks to, to get 
an agreement on that type of stuff. If you were, uh, a, you know, you know, you spend a lot of time in the NFL. You spend some time on the practice squad. If you're on an NFL roster on a practice squad, would it be appealing to you to come to this league and play? Oh, you double dip. So the, the, you make about seventy five hundred bucks a week in the practice squad in the NFL. Uh, that's for sixteen weeks, and the season's over. You don't make anything. So if it were to be, hey, the season's over, and then a month later you can make seven grand a week again. I mean, why wouldn't you? Unless you were, like, well, I don't want to risk getting hurt. You know, I, I talked to a guy, I'm not going to give you his name, but a guy, a former player from Utah, who had been in the NFL on a practice squad, and he was out on the street. I said, hey, man, come play for us. He said, you know, the money's nice, but I don't want to risk getting injured and not getting back into the NFL. So there's two ways of thinking about it. Yeah. Me, personally, I would have said, yeah, let me get some film. Let me go get some money. I mean, why not? Yeah, the only fear is is the injury and and something that would eliminate you from the NFL. And you talked about that earlier, Trevor, which is you're going to have to give some assurances. And and I do know that those meetings were intense. At least that's the reports between Dundon and the NFLPA. This has nothing to do with the NFL. I think the NFL was in full agreement that this would be a great thing for them. It'd be a great thing for development and a little bit more vision in the offseason. And it really came down to the NFLPA not finding common ground with the AAF where they would allow this or back up those contracts. Because, Scotty, the, the thought and fear of having, like in my situation, I needed three more games to become vested so that I could receive my NFL pension. I would not put my NFL career and pension on the line to go play a season or even a game with the AAF if I felt like that was was a potential game breaker. But like Trevor said, maybe some players would overlook that. You look at a guy, uh, let's just name somebody. Um, how about Hunter Dimmick? Hunter Dimmick got out of college two years ago. Yes. Yeah. Hasn't had any film besides preseason games. Um. It would. This would be a good situation for him. You can get some film. Doesn't have any credit seasons. A guy like that, or you look at a guy like Nate Orchard, who's trying to get back into the NFL. He, you know, he, he he's been out. He's got injured. How about get some film? Uh, get get some games. You know, I have a friend who works in the scouting department in an NFL team. He told me every week they have a staff meeting here in the off season. They watch every single AAF game. Wow. And this is a big. This is a big time team. This isn't. This isn't a low low level team. This is a big time team. Hmm. And so you think about that. They watch everything. Canada, European guys. Then uh, they're AF is better than Canada. We got. It's 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 the NFL rules. It's, they like seeing that. Yeah. So this is supposed to work. The NFL wants it to work. It's just like I said. When you're dealing with a union and you're dealing with big money, you know, it's hard in two weeks to put a deal together. Trevor, as you look at this roster and you look at your teammates, how, I don't know, how somber was the mood? Because I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. You talked about me playing in the AFL, and I did, and that was my livelihood for four years, and I loved it, and, and I needed it in that span after my after my after I was cut in my third year of the NFL. I needed it. And I know you're talking about these guys that are trying to get the film out there and making a living, and you know between seventy seventy five thousand dollars, and this is good money for them. How somber are they, and how ready are they to disperse and and get moving in life? And what was the the feeling in that team meeting room? I was talking to one of our backup quarterbacks today, and I asked him, "So is this it for you?" He said, "Well, I'm a backup quarterback in minor league football. This probably is it for me." 
And I was talking to another guy who's been starting and playing well. He said, you know, I look to get back into Canada or get a futures deal. I got to get some workouts lined up. So there, there's different moods on either side of the spectrum. Me, myself, I'm there. I'll be 32. Uh, that chance of getting back in the NFL, I just, you know, I enjoyed it this year and I kind of said, I'm going to go out on my terms. And I had a good time. My kids have been coming to practice. They can see me play. So there's all, there's guys on all sides of the spectrum. Uh, it just stinks because this thing was going to make it, man. I mean, we had good TV deals, putting on a decent product. The NFL wanted it to work. It's just, like I said, you're dealing with a union, you're dealing with a money guy. It's just freaking tough. Do you think uh, the XFL can learn from this when they launch next year, and are there things they can do to try to improve their chances? Oh, 100%. I think the number one thing you got to do is you got to find a way to cut costs without cutting the product. When you don't pay players, you don't get good players. Yeah. Canada, for example, they pay Americans $50,000 Canadian to go play there at the 20-game season sometimes. I would never do that, man. It's tough. Now, some guys will because they're desperate. But guys like me, guys, you know, like Silver Salinga, Tenny, Alfoy, we're not going to go play in Canada for 50000 Canadian for 20-game season. It's not going to happen. So there's a fine line between, you know, cutting costs, but you got to pay you guys decent so you get decent players to show up because if you don't, it turns into, you know – you see others three arena football leagues all around the country right now going but the, the players just they're, they're not it's not a good product so it, there's a fine line but I think they got to find a way to cut costs whether it's on the administrative side or coaching side or whatever if you're just tuning in the AAF announcing that they're suspending operations Trevor Riley a linebacker with the stallions on with us and you know Trevor I, I, I keep thinking about you talking about these expenses and I know that the original plan between Pullian and Ebersol was a three-year commitment to this organization, to this new league. It was a three-year commitment. Where did they get out of line with the expenses? Is it helping with housing? Is it the food? Is it the transportation? The hotel? Where, where are the major expenses? That Because this thing got expensive fast. It was week two or week three they were begging for money. Like I said about the housing, it's expensive. And, you know, you're talking about 80 bucks a night. They put two guys in a room. And times that by 30, that's $2,400 a month. For two guys, or 60 guys, 55 guys on a team with IR. That's a lot of guys, man. That's a lot. $100,000 sometimes to house these people a month per team. And they're feeding us 30 bucks a head to feed, to have a catered meal come in. I mean, it's just for example, what you could do is you say, your housing's on your own. And what these guys would do for two months, five of them get in an apartment together and slum it up, man. Yeah. You get to, as long as my $7,000 clears and I, and I get my benefits, you know, you know, I'll sleep on a sleeping bag. I think that's kind of how this has to be treated early on. I know it doesn't sound appealing to people, but like you said, it gets expensive fast when you're dealing with eight teams and you're dealing with 60 guys and you're paying all these coaches and staff and just, expensive man did you ever have any issues with checks or anything like that did you guys no. always get paid we always got paid man we're getting paid tomorrow for our work last week they even gave us a roster bonus last week which they promised us at the beginning of the season benefits have been fine so that was never an issue it's just and, and I think that they may figure out a way to cut these costs man I mean, you know it, it's kind of a pipe dream in the next 48 hours but It'd be easily done, man. It could be easily done. Trevor, when you look around, and I know that you're a lot like I am, you, you 
love relationships. You like to get to know people. And when you look around at your president and and manager and equipment manager, training staff, uh, did most of these guys leave jobs to take these things on? Are, are most of these people going to be without work now? And 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 did a lot of these people give up other opportunities to take this on? Well, it's kind of a mixed bag. You look at our head coach. I think he was basically semi-retired, and they asked him to come out of retirement. You look at our GM, who was head of scouting and assistant GM of the San Diego Chargers. Yeah. You look at our uh, our uh, strength coach. You know, he was at Houston Texans. So you have a mixed bag. There's some people who, are, hey, I was this is a great opportunity for me. I was out of work, and other guys who left jobs. So you feel for those people, man. Those people, like, this is year-round for them. For us, it's a seasonal job. A lot of these guys are single. There's all these other people that are on the administrative side. They have families. and That's tough. Yeah. It's, it's tough. That's who it's affecting. And, and that's one thing I wanted to tweet out and, and really push out there for people to understand. When a team or a league comes in like this and they swoop in and make promises and it's three-year commitment and this and, and they're the president of that team, the Stallions, came from the Portland Trailblazers, I believe, ticketing front office where he was a higher up and doing well. Like There were people that gave up their livelihoods to come in and be a part of this startup, and to have it collapse this fast, Trevor, is is brutal. I do hope they cut costs, and I hope that they find a way to keep this thing alive because there are a lot of good people that are a part of it. Not only that, the TV ratings were decent. I know the first week they were great, but TV ratings have been decent, and for spring, when you got you know NBA basketball, which historically doesn't do well anyway, even the NBA Finals, they don't do well in TV. The beginning of baseball, this is this is a good thing. People want to watch football, man. That's what we found out in this whole experiment. And uh, yeah, I hope they figure it out. Trevor, we appreciate it, man. It's always good chatting with you. I wish it was under better circumstances, but uh, uh, let's stay in touch and uh, let's see if we can sneak you on radio a little bit more. Hey, uh, hands. By the way, now that my I'm unemployed, do you want to golf earlier than Friday or what? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> let's, you know, okay. in fact, um, I've I've got to go up to Utah practice today, tomorrow. Let's get out, and we'll, All right, let's do it, man. We'll talk about this stuff. All right, Trevor. All right, guys. See ya. It's Trevor Riley right here on 97.5, 1280 oh, the Zone and the Zone Sports sick. Network. Thanks once again to Trevor Riley for. Uh, vicariously i guess joining the podcast yeah um there via jake's day job with 1280 the zone sports network in salt lake city fantastic interview always a great interview jake i I gotta say i don't feel necessarily as bad for trevor riley anymore after listening to that interview because how's that he's going to find work whether it's back at the university of utah coaching or at the very least he might be your co-worker pretty soon because he's really good on air he is very good on air (laughs) he's actually hosted the last two mondays with david james on the show i produce dj and pk in the morning sign him up patrick kinahan's been out of town so he's come in both mornings he's been great both times he's done it so far he's done it multiple times before that so we'll see what happens i do know that trevor has aspirations to coach We'll see what shakes out with that. But um, he got some experience with it last fall working with the University of Utah's football program, and he's got aspirations maybe to continue with that. But you're right, Sean. He's going to have – he's got future – in sports written all over him, whether it's – yeah, it's on the media side, coaching side, whatever it's going to be. But for every one of those Trevor Rileys, there are multiple guys who are now kind of got to plot their next step because they're now out of jobs. Yeah. I mean, they're, again, not dead, 
but mostly, mostly dead. dead. For all intents and purposes, um, the dream is over. Yeah. Long live the dream. Um, and now, I mean, what's next? Oh, that's a great question. The XFL. That's supposed to be launching next year. and Not for us. No Salt Lake team. Yeah, no Salt Lake team, which is unfortunate. That's, that bugs me because they actually went to mostly NFL markets for the XFL, which is whatever. You do your thing, Vince McMahon. But, um, Sean, let's take a time out here come back. We do need to talk a little, little bit about what the lessons from the Alliance can mean for future football leagues because the XFL is expected to launch next year. Don Yee, who's a high-powered sports agent, also wants to start a league in Southern California. The Freedom League. The Freedom League. We need to talk about that and some of the lessons learn that maybe they can use from this and we also got to get to some sound you you found some comments from coach of the year in the alliance of american football maybe the one and only alliance of american football champion head coach league champion league champion league champion coach steve spurrier coming up next on the wild sellings podcast Welcome back to Wild Stallions. I'm Jake. He's Sean, and it's a pretty sad day, Sean. It's just it, it bugs me what's going down with the Alliance of American Football. But you had you you saw some audio on Twitter from Orlando Apollo's head coach. Uh, hold on, let me redo that. Let me do that. <clears throat> Coming down to three, two, and one. Welcome back to Wild Stallions. I'm Jake. He is Sean. Rough day, to say the least, if you're associated with the Alliance of American Football. And one of the coaches in this league who is not afraid to speak his mind, he's spoke his mind into his entire coaching career, plain and simple, is the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier. And Sean, you found the audio. He spoke briefly with the media earlier this earlier today, I guess, with after the news broke. And he, he talked to the media, and I think he laid out very clearly what he believes about the league and its future, and also why he believes his team are El Campeones, as they say, the champions. We've got a team meeting back at the hotel about 2 o'clock, and uh, I guess we'll get the final word then that they have suspended uh, the operations. Uh, so we're all disappointed, but on the other side, we've we got to be the champs, right? We're 7-1, uh, and one, and the next teams are 5-3. and three. So uh, some of us didn't get into the alliance to try to advance our careers uh, but the players i'm more disappointed for all the players that believe this is you know my chance to show people and this that and the other that i can play this game and a lot of them will get opportunities they they've shown enough uh, but uh, yeah sad in this way really sad in this way you know it's kind of disappointing uh, a lot of us don't really know what to do but uh we just got the news we're still kind of hoping that it's going to change hoping that something's going to be different I guess a lot of guys are just trying to have a little bit of hope, uh, but a lot of us don't have many expectations for the future right now. We're just hoping for the best, we really are. I mean, it's frustrating. Uh, you know, you, you always want to finish something you start, but uh, in this case, we already knew that it was uh, some things being held above our heads, and we're just trying to uh, do our part and, and prepare and be ready for the next game. Well, we put in like every other team. I mean, we, 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 we didn't work harder than the other teams. We just happened to win more games. So I'm not one of those coaches that wants to talk about how hard we work and we did all this, that, and the other. But the players have had wonderful attitudes, and the effort level that they play with 
has been very rewarding for me and the coaching staff. So uh, uh, we started the season wanting to win the Alliance Championship, and if they declare a champ, uh, hopefully these guys will be declared the champ because they certainly are deserving. So that was uh, Orlando Apollos head coach Steve Spurrier, a couple players, a couple staff members from the Orlando Apollos. Uh, thanks to uh, Christian Brewe of WF. WFTV in Orlando. You can follow him at WFTV on Twitter. Um, for uh, tracking down the old ball coach and the team uh, literally in the parking lot as they were getting on the bus, possibly for the last time. But uh, you heard the old, ball co- the old ball coach there, Jake. If somebody's going to be champions of the Alliance of American Football, it's got to be the Apollos now, right? <laughs> hey, it's true. Seven and one, heavy favorites to win the inaugural championship. I, I was not going to pick against them, um, Sean. Just- and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh-huh. but I believe this is the first time that an Orlando-based sporting institution has tried to claim a championship that may or may not be recognized officially. <laughs> Wow, throwing shade at the good old Golden Knights. At shout UCF. out to the UCF Knights. Just Knights, not Golden anymore. It should, just still, be, it should still be the Golden Knights. Just, shout, out to, shout out to the UCF Knights. Perennial and forever 2018 College Football National Champions. I said it. Oh, I said all right, it. All right. I said it. Okay, Sean, this is just breaking on Twitter as we record this. So this is 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time locally, 3.30 Eastern Time. Ben Kercheval uh, tweeting out, A statement from Tom Dundon to the players is expected to come at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. No one's sure yet, though, what kind of press release it will accompany. Nobody's sure, what though, what kind of press release will accompany it, if at all. So something's coming down the pipe, and... It's unfortunate, plain and simple. Um, Sean, I mentioned before we went to break, we want to talk about some of the lessons learned taken away from this. I think the biggest overall lesson is it takes a lot of money to get a football league off the ground. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I th- I think uh, Polian and Ebersol knew that, but maybe they didn't know quite how much um, initial investment capital would be needed yeah. to start up a league like the Alliance of American Football. I also think it would have it would have maybe helped if they had maybe launched in their own way rather than trying to be just a straight just kind of get ahead of a direct competitor in the XFL. Cuz this league I, I mean they pivoted pretty quickly to wanting to launch in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um but there are now several reports that they maybe weren't totally set to get off the ground until the year 2020. And then when the XFL came in, again, this is all mildly well, disputed, well, the, but, but we can speculate yeah. some now that the league is, is pretty much yeah. pretty much uh, uh, passing out. But, but maybe if this league had had another year, I mean, could there have been a little bit more of a groundswell, a little bit more of kind of that venture capital raising? Well, there was the report that they offered to buy the XFL off of Vince McMahon for $50 million. And if that would have happened, that probably gives them. And they probably had to push it up when McMahon decided, you guys want to buy a league. Oh, you want to start your own. Well, I'm going to start it up again. So I think they maybe had to push things to really get ahead of the XFL. And maybe maybe that's me speculating here, but I think that's absolutely a, a storyline that's in play. Yeah, and, and I think that's maybe one of the lessons of a startup football league like this is it's really hard um, to launch in a climate where you're not only competing with the juggernaut, the 800-pound gorilla, the NFL itself, mm-hmm. but now you're competing with several other probably overly ambitious owners that want to do the exact same thing. 
Um, teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. That's that's kind of what the old adage is. And I feel like if these owners were really serious about being for the good of the game and for the good of developing a true startup league, um, that was for the good of players, for the good of fringe mm-hmm. NFL players, yeah. for the good of potential new practice squad players, that kind of thing, I feel like they'd be maybe a little bit more interested in pooling their resources, combining their forces, um, and not tearing each other apart and self-cannibalizing their own product in a lot of ways. Okay, so in, so in terms of the money deal, Chris Vanini, he's a great reporter, um, tweeted out, in light of the AAF news, it's worth noting that Vince McMahon sold $272 million in WWE stock last Wednesday to put into the XFL the second time he sold stock for it. I believe the first time he raised like $100 million or something like that. So that's, if you, those numbers, and this is me being rough, rough estimate on it, about $375 million have been, in terms of stock, sold off by Vince McMahon to fund the XFL that shows you how much money gets involved with this and it's unfortunate that Tom Dundon had other views on it than uh, Bill Polian and Charlie Ebersol did and it's unfortunate Roger Sherman I think has my my thought almost summed up entirely and it's almost it's it's, it's a light dig at another famous individual who got in a squabble but he says here for all the jokes it's pretty obvious that everyone involved with the AAF players football ops tech media worked hard and did their best to create a quality product while a few rich dudes got into petty feuds that killed the league Hmm. Sounds like a pretty good lesson to be learned for the XFL, for the Freedom League, for whatever comes next in the form of a spring outdoor football league. Because because now, let's maybe pivot a little bit on that, because what, what we also have learned from the Alliance of American Football is people want this product. I mean, this is a product yeah. that you don't necessarily have to shove down everybody's throat, but the television numbers have been great. Television executives have been very excited for this product. People are responding very well to it. I mentioned at the top of this podcast that that um, CBS pulled a game to be uh, a lead-in to their Final Four coverage yeah. this Saturday. TNT had picked up multiple games. I mean, yeah, you had TNT leading into the NBA All Star Weekend mm-hmm. with 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 the game. So it wasn't just it wasn't just oh there are so many cable channels and you know there's this random cable channel that wants to air these games. Yeah. these were prime properties, um, oftentimes prime visibility slots that wanted this league and that fans around the country responded well enough to where they said okay we're gonna we're gonna expand our our portfolio a little bit. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what CBS does to fill that time slot. I'm guessing it'll be three and a half hours of, of uh, Charles Barkley arguing with the uh, the man in the mirror. First of all, yeah. First of all, <laughs> legitimately, every time he makes a statement, it's first of all. Shout out to Chuck. Love I you, love Chuck, Chuck but love you, Chuck. legitimately, every time he opens his mouth to make a point, it's first of all. You're gonna be hearing a lot of Chuck with first Auburn of in the all. Final four, no, it's true. It, it'll be interesting. I, plain and simple. I'm bummed that this league is on its deathbed. I'm hoping that we get a Lazarus story and it rises from the ashes like the Phoenix and becomes what we believe it could become, Sean. I think both you and I are optimists, with, at least we're optimists with this league, and I'm still hopeful that it could be resurrected, but it just bugs me, plain and simple. You just messed with hundreds of people's lives because you wanted to force the NFLPA in the NFL's hand and create a true minor league system when the two guys who brought you into this league had a much more reasoned out plan, are guys that have been in the NFL, have been in TV, have been in the media, understood it's going to be it's a long play versus a short play, 
and you, Tom Dundon, came in and decided, nah, I think I can make this happen. And now it's essentially dead. It's unfortunate, but we'll see. But like you said, Sean, this podcast will live on. Because what do we do when we don't talk Alliance of American Football? I just air guitared. I like it. It's true. We do talk Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We'll so. have a reason. We may we may have to adjust our recording schedule, that yeah. kind of thing. But for those of us, for those of you who are still out there, who still want your Wild Stallions fix, those of you who maybe were introduced to the wonder that is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because of us, thank you once again. Yeah. We are still on iTunes, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and we're not going to Google Podcast. We're not going to drop it like it's hot here. We'll keep we'll keep up with the podcast like you said we may adjust we're not going to record weekly if there's not games and whatnot going on we'll also have to play it by ear when it comes to bill and ted news but hey we'll have some fun in the meantime yeah it'll be a work so go ahead find us out there apple Podcasts. as always subscribe rate review um five stars and you can say anything you want that's not related to jake's wife or my mother um and uh and, and yeah, we'll still be around. We're still going to do our thing. We'll keep you guys up to date. Like I said, if, you know, maybe Miracle Max comes through and uh, and Wesley winds up getting revived and we, we at least get to see the final two weeks of the Alliance of American Football. It's not looking likely right now, but maybe it happens. We'll keep you guys up to date out there. Also, Twitter, Wild underscore Stallions. Facebook, at Wild Stallions. Stallions, the way God intended it, mm-hmm. with a Y. Um yeah, did, did I miss anything else? We're no. not on Instagram yet. I left that up to Jake. He still hasn't done it. Yeah, I know. I might have to... I failed in that regard. Yeah, I might have to start up an Instagram account. One, um, fi- one final note here. Ben Kirchival, once again, tweeting this out, literally right as we're wrapping up this podcast. If all of this sounds like Dundon versus the AAF, which is insane because Dundon controls it, that's because it is. Every person I've spoken to today has been utterly blindsided. Crazy. But as we always say, wild things are afoot in the, in the alliance. We'll be back with more as we hear it, and we'll make sure to track everything for you and stay with us. It'll be a lot of fun to see this podcast evolve regardless of what happens. Thanks again for joining us. For Sean, I'm Jake. Have a great day. Full speed ahead. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! Ah!